This is your boy Jay Will with J&J Sports Nation. I want to go ahead and talk a little bit about a subject that has played the college ranks, which is why is it so hard for college coaches to make the transition, the successful transition to the NFL? Most of you already heard. It's, it's in the books. It's kind of died down, I think. But uh, a few weeks back, um, Cliff Kingsbury has accepted the head coaching job at the you know for the Arizona Cardinals to be the next head coach. Um, it's been highly debated, probably talked about, exhausted. But I don't want to really talk about Cliff Kingsbury um, and specifically as to how he got the job because it is what it is. Um, the owners. Once they have made a decision, it's final. So the question is, I want to look at the question from his success rate. Will he be successful or will he not? I had a conversation with um, an associate of mine, and we were actually talking about it. Because, you know, let's face it, a couple of weeks back, everybody was talking about it. But I like to look at things a little differently than most. It's not about he got the job over other coaches in the NFL who are more seasoned, uh, coaches who have been waiting in the wings for quite some time, and technically it's not really about the coach that was there prior to him. They got a one-year deal. He was one year, and yanked it, you know, and he was yanked after one year, which I really don't think that's fair because you need to at least give him one, maybe one between one to three years uh, because what can you show? Uh, what can you show in one year? I'm not quite understanding that because at the end of the day, you have to understand the status or the state of your franchise when a coach take over. So when you understand the state of a franchise when a coach take over, and you know your organization is not good, how can you justify firing a coach in one year? But, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see if the new head coach has any success. Because if he doesn't and he doesn't get fired, then the voices will start to become getting louder. Okay? So I will leave that there because I'm not going to touch that. So... What is the issue with college coaches not being able to transition into the pros? Okay. And I can tell you, like I said before, and I say it many times from time to time, is I am a fan of football. Been watching NFL uh, football forever. Uh, college football, probably within the last decade or more, I've been really into it. Um, probably a little bit before that. But I do remember and recall two specific two very specific examples. One would be the current uh, head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, one Nick Saban. I remember when he became the head coach of the Miami Dolphins some time ago. And I just remember the look on his face during one press conference. And this was after he's been pretty, pretty much the franchise has been beat up Hadn't been winning games, just was just bad. And I remember they had, uh, I believe it was, you know, to my, uh, I recall that one of the uh, reporters 
said, hey, is there any rumors to you taking a job at Alabama? And, um, you know, adamantly, uh, you know, Coach Saban, you know, disagreed. No, I'm here for long haul. Something to that nature. Lo and behold, I think Saban was fired, if I'm not mistaken, or resigned, fired. And then next thing you know, he was introduced as the, the new coach for Alabama. And then, of course, the rest is history from there. Because Coach Saban had super success at LSU. I remember the Nick Saban or Coach Saban at LSU. Great institution. I mean, just doing great things. Won championship, you know, a title there. And went to the pros. Just absolutely bombed there. Uh, didn't work out how he wanted to. Um, and then... Uh, when he got to Alabama, it was just like, and most people, if you didn't know, if you hadn't watched football that long, you wouldn't known that he wasn't a successful head coach at the, you know, for Miami Dolphins. You were like, hey, this guy can do anything. And I just believe, like most people say, you know, there's no, and I, you know, I guess it depends on how you look at it. There's not really a, Trying to figure out how to put this. Um, when you look at a resume, resumes all have their, you know, their uh, vulnerabilities, if you will. And I believe the vulnerability for most head coaches in the in, you know, college head coaches is when you get to the pros, these are grown men. These are grown men who, at the end of the day, they're making you know, four and five times what you make. And the question is, what is really your motivation to go to the pros? Because you can, for lack of a better term, you can control the environment in college. Because if you are a just a decent college head coach, football coach, um, you can definitely control the atmosphere of your team. Why? Because you have that authority. But when you make it to the next level, that authority wanes. Why? Because these are grown men who have families. These are grown men who are making big-time money. These are grown men who will tell you some things and don't have any recourse about it. So at the end of the day, um, I believe the huge jump from college to pros, and it's a totally different atmosphere, totally different atmosphere. Um, of course, at the collegiate level, there's boosters, alumni. But at the NFL level, you have the owners and you have the players. So I believe at the next level, you have to be a terrific game, not just a game manager, but a people manager. What do I mean? If you're not calling your plays and you just, you're a head coach, you need to know who your OC is, your offensive coordinator, your defensive coordinator, your DC, and um, you need to have a relationship with those guys, as well as your, you know, sorry, special teams, special teams coach as well. You need to know who they are. You need to identify what you're going to be about. You need to go know what your footprint is going to be or what you, what you can hang your hat on. And so uh, college is just low, it's, it's, it's way different. So it's going to be interesting to see what the new Arizona uh, Cardinals coach is going to do um, to see how that works. 
you know, because uh, I believe, um, I know Steve Sarkeesian had left Alabama at the beginning of the year, uh, beginning of this past year, to go uh, take a job with, I want to say, Atlanta. I believe it was Atlanta. And, you know, know how that worked. So, uh, at the end of the day, you know, and I really can't say that because that's that's a, that's, that's a huge difference. A coordinator going from there to a coordinator, but going from college to a head coaching job is, is, just, is just night and day. So, at the end of the day, uh, you know, Pete Carroll is the one I know who did it great. You know, he had a, I guess a, I was to say an indirect, uh, indirect uh, heat on him, so to speak. Uh, when he left USC uh, to become the uh, coach of the uh, Seattle Seahawks. But that was his second stand. His first stand, I want to say, was with New England. And, you know, that didn't end well. So, at the end of the day, is there redemption? Yes. But you really need to know what you're doing, and you really need to figure out, as a college coach, if you're going to make that jump, what is all going to be on your plate uh, it's a tr- I mean, it's stressful at the college level, but at the pro level, I mean, I could just imagine the stress is through the roof. Um, so, you know, we look at the other, you know, our other example of not making it in the pros would be Bobby Petrino with the Atlanta Falcons, you know, for somebody who ducked off in the night. Now, I remember that because I remember, once again, the press conference, next thing you know, was on the news, sports news, that he had left. He resigned. <laughs> and it's crazy. To, for somebody to do that. I mean, if you, um, you know, and I don't know what's all surrounding it specifically. However, um, you know, those are two glaring examples. Of course, you can use Pete Carroll, but that was like almost, you know, you know years and years ago when he coached uh, in the pros. But, you know, it, it, it's a difficult proposition to go from one extreme to the next. And unless that is a coach's decision, because matter of fact, let's let's kind of you know change directions. Um, Cleveland, when Cleveland uh, let go of Hugh Jackson and uh, uh, Todd Haley, you know everybody was thinking that uh, Lincoln Riley out of uh, Oklahoma head coach was going to just say, hey, okay, I want that. Lincoln is a very smart man, you know. I think he said maybe that's where he's later on in life, but I believe once you're a head coach at a major or power five school or just depends on what your outlook as a coach should be or what you what you want your resume to look like uh if you're at a major 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 university and you're just having tremendous success there's no reason to go ahead and leave i mean you know uh, which you know it gives me you know no pleasure to say this but oklahoma's been winning the big 12 you know for some years now um, and they really haven't had any competition, of course, you know, and, and it's just real talk. And, you know, of course, me being a true Longhorn fan, uh, Texas Longhorn fan, I mean, you know, I guess, you know, I don't like that. But at the end of the day, guess what? You cannot, you know, disagree with the results. And, you know, he has a, he's a great office of mine. Uh, of course, he succeeded uh, Bob Stoops, and um, it had Mr. B. Because uh, there's always a cause for there's a cause for the pause when there's a transition going on, and of course you know Bob Stoops you know I won't say abruptly but I think that was in plans for him to retire. Lincoln Rod took over, and didn't miss a beat. And so uh, at the end of the day, um, sometimes the league, the the pros, you know the NFL will look to coaches who are 
I would say, pioneers, if you will. I guess I, it's probably a better word to use, but I use pioneers at this point. Uh, well, pioneers means you started it. I would say that you know they're looking for you know OCs who are changing the game, and I believe Lincoln Riley with his play calling is changing the game. Of course, the amount of athletes that he has, um, and it's just great. It's it's a great for the college football. It's great for the sport overall. Um, but for a college coach to make the jump to the pros. You, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of moving parts there, and, you know, uh, and I guess that's the poster, poster child, I guess, for it would be um, Chip Kelly, you know, didn't work out in Philadelphia. Uh, Andy Reid left, hired Chip Kelly, uh, and he just, I mean, let go so many big-time players. Uh, you know, Michelle McCoy was the one that just kind of blew me away along with everything else, but... At the end of the day, he wanted to do his way, and to a certain degree, some of it worked, but at the, at the end of the day, it just all went very bad. I mean, it got to a point where um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was almost vying for the uh, GM job as well. So, but, uh, you know, fortunately for, um, for Jeffrey Laurie, uh, the owner, he, uh, he made the uh, right decision in not doing so, and... Um, and how Roseman, you know, they, you know, put together a Super Bowl caliber, you know, roster, and they won a Super Bowl, of course, uh, last year. And you know, it, it's exciting to see that uh, for that franchise to be able to recover, because usually when something like that happens, it takes a long, long time for a franchise to recover for something like that. But you know, once again, you know, it didn't work out too well for Chip Kelly, and I believe, you know, I'm not just, you know, from my um, observation. He was just you. You have to have a certain level of charisma, I believe, and and that's just why I look at it, because you have to talk to the press. You have to talk. I mean, you are when you're a head coach, everything falls on your shoulders, even though you don't even own the team. But everything stops, begins and stops with you as a head coach. So, um. You know, that's why you have to figure out if you do how to hire a college coach. Are you hiring the, you know, a Pete Carroll? Um, um, and are you hiring a, uh, or a Chip Kelly, or, you know, for that fact, or, or a Robbie Petrino? Um, and we look at the vice versa. You know, you've seen, you know, this is, you know, um, you know, and, you know, Coach Harbaugh. Uh, he, you know, coached the 49ers. Now he's the head coach of, uh, of, of Michigan, of course, his alma mater. And, um, you know, he had a caliber, Super Bowl caliber team that was ready to win it. Of course, you know, uh, you know they lost it. Uh, but at the end of the day, guess what? They could have came very back either the next year and win it. You know, I always say that. But... In that situation, you know, the ownership wasn't really on board with his, his ideals. And guess what? You know, I vividly remember the GM and owner, you know, uh, just saying, of course, the status quo, hey, we hope him, we wish him well, but you didn't want him. And now look at the franchise. You know, it's just getting back uh, to where, uh, you know, getting, I guess, decent again. And, you know... Um, you know, I think Jed York, you know, Mr. York, 
Um, you know, he did. I think he's a great heart and, and uh, Kyle Shanahan. And then, of course, you got uh, John Lynch as the GM down there. So they're going to put something together. Uh, but it was just, you know, I believe it was really a shame the way that whole vein went. And so at the end of the day, you had an NFL coach going down to the college ranks and, you know, experiencing some some uh, some um, interesting seasons, if you will. But, you know, I had a great season this past season. And, uh, you know, the, the, the thought process to be able to build off of that and have an even better season. And, of course, eventually be in the college football playoff next year. So to Coach Harbaugh down in Michigan, go Big Blue. So, But as I wind up this segment here, uh, it, it takes a lot. Um, it takes a lot to make the transition uh, to go to the pros. And so at the end of the day, um, and I guess I'm going to do something a little different because uh, I wasn't going to do it, but the NFL has something called the Rooney Rule. The Rooney Rule requires a team to interview a coach or a prospect uh, that is African-American and um, in 2018, now 2019, my question is why is the Rooney Rule still in effect? Is that a reason why we have to have things in effect in order for people to make, to just do the right thing? And at the end of the day, my question is how long is the running rule going to be in effect? Because I believe it is a sad, a sad case when you have to make somebody do something that something that should be awarded based off of their um, their merits, their resume. Because if I'm an African-American coach and I've proven myself with a 10-year coaching career, coaching at starting at small colleges and then making my way up to a Power 5 conference school, uh, winning a couple of you know, championships, and I'm looking to interview for a job and I can't get interviewed. And so at the end of the day, in 2019, we're still looking at issues of color. And when you look at the league and the players, you look at the percentages of players who play but then you look at the coaches, that's a disparity of the reflection of the very same players in the coaching ranks. Now, I don't know because some of it is just from what I've seen, because I've watched football for a long, long time. I remember back in the day, your Dennis Greens. 
Uh, I remember uh, back in the day, of course, your Herm Edwards, um, your Tony Dungies. Um, and so they did it right. And I can just, I can only imagine what they had to face. Um, but this is 2019. And I'm not an advocate for, hey, uh, I want the job because of, of the color of my skin. But I should earn the right because of my resume. And so at the end of the day, hopefully things can, hopefully things can improve. Things change. And we will start seeing more. African-American coaches, not just in the pro level, but also in the collegiate level as well. Because guess what? The proof is in the pudding. And all you need to do is just look around the college football landscape as well as the NFL and see there's an issue. Nobody ever wants to talk about it. Everybody figure you you play the ostrich approach, you just stick your head in the sand, and then it goes away, but it doesn't. So, to all those coaches that are out there, whether you be of African American, whether you be of Hispanic, whether you be of, of uh, uh, Asian American, it doesn't matter. I just want you to know that when it's your time, it's going to be your time. Hang tough. Continue to hone your craft. Continue to understand that what you're doing and the path that you're taking is the right path. And when that time comes, when the opportunity presents itself, you're going to have to make the most of it. Okay? This is your boy Jay Will with j Sports Nation. See ya.